All right, everyone, welcome to the Above Average Football Fan Podcast for above average football fans and below average football fans who want to learn more about the game, or if you're a football junkie, this is the podcast for you. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoy it. All right, so we're here for a bonus episode today, a Super Bowl breakdown of what everybody's going to see on Sunday. And I've got my good buddy Thomas Bowen here with me, a fellow football junkie. We've done some research on the two teams, and we're going to talk it through. Thomas, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, really excited about this game this weekend, and um, looking forward to diving into it. All right, sounds good. Well, what we're going to do here is we're going to talk a little bit about head coaches and schemes, and then we'll dive into position groups. So I'm going to fire away first, talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, head coach Andy Reid, obviously uh, the defending Super Bowl head coach, Reached six NFC Championship games uh, with the Eagles winning in 2014 and took them to the Super Bowl against the Patriots where they lost. Uh, moving into his time at the Chiefs, he, his scheme has evolved. He was always very much a West Coast guy, a Mike Holmgren disciple uh, who was a coach underneath Bill Walsh, but he's meshed that with the college spread. You're going to see him trying to get his the ball into playmakers in space at a close uh, to the line of scrimmage. Very pass heavy. Uh, the attempts by the Chiefs this year, third most of passing attempts in the league. Um, a few years back, Andy started mixing in that college spread. There's a great article on The Ringer from January 2020 about Reed seeing the coming of the spread and the air raid style of college football to the NFL. Um, he has incorporated, just like so many other teams have in the NFL, mesh, which is an air raid staple. And really, he's, he's pioneered using the jet... Uh, sweep motion, bringing that wide receiver, if you're thinking about a two-by-two formation, two wide receivers to each side, bringing that slot receiver across the formation in a jet-like motion where he would be able to take the ball on a sweep, but a lot of times they're faking that. They might send a tailback on a seam route, and the biggest thing they've been doing is a shovel pass underneath to uh, use that as a power play almost. They did it against the Bills in the AFC Championship. Uh, Mahomes did it a little underhanded, so it was kind of, of course, as always, adding a little flair. Um, another big uh, air raid style of play that he uses is he brings in that Y cross. Um, in the old air raid uh, from the BYU days, that's blue right 95 Y cross, and he pairs that with having the two wide receivers to the left um, on a two-by-two formation going ahead and doing double posts and uh, bringing Tyreek Hill that we're going to talk about more in a second how fast he is nicknamed the cheetah and having him run that swing route and how that impacts the defense so that's kind of what the Chiefs are looking to do and Andy Reid's philosophy uh, Thomas tell us a little bit about Bruce Ar uh, Arenas and, and what he's trying to do with the Bucks. yeah I'd love to so uh, so Bruce Arians really really interesting guy and as I dug into this uh, really enjoyed learning a lot about his scheme but I, I think the first thing you think about with Bruce Arians is just the quintessential players coach um, he's uh, is, is really close with all of his players he's really big on quarterbacks being a part of his family um, but he's also one of those coaches that likes to hold his guys accountable um, earlier in the season a lot of y'all may remember whenever Brady had a terrible game and he was called out in the media but that's just the kind of guy that he is and uh, love him or hate him you got to respect it um, Looking at his, uh, his resume here, he's definitely got plenty of big game experience. Uh, has a couple Super Bowl wins, none as a head coach. Um, uh, as a wide receivers coach in 2006 with the Steelers uh, when they beat Seattle in the Super Bowl. And then again in 2009 as the OC for the Steelers as well over Arizona. 
schematically, Arians uh, is, is a really fun guy to, to, to watch and, and watch him schematically on the field. He definitely likes to take shots. Um, he's, he's a big, uh, a, a bit of a risk taker. I believe one of his uh, favorite sayings is, uh, no risk it, no biscuit. So uh, take that for what it's worth. But um, he, he loves to, to get deep post out of his speedy receivers. Um, he's a big, uh, big likes to take advantage of aggressive DBs with double moves. Um, his whole scheme is, is less protection oriented and more about understanding where your hots are and looking for those mismatches. When I really look at, at Bruce Arians, schematically a lot of what he does reminds me of old school Spurrier, Steve Spurrier, and, and being a Gamecock, uh, which Spurrier took us to the heights, um, I've really enjoyed seeing that. But uh, Arians is uh, a, really just a, a brilliant guy to watch on the field and just likes to take those shots and I always respect a coach that plays that plays to win and not one that's just wanting not to lose. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so that's kind of the head coaches and, and a little background there and, and looking at their offensive scheme. Two guys that are known for offenses with backgrounds as offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches. So we're going to get into our position groups. Um, I'm going to start off on offense and talk a little bit about the quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends for the Chiefs. Bowen will come in with us and, and talk a little defensive secondary for the Bucks, and we'll scheme and, and we'll decide as a, a group here what we think might – who which side has the advantage there. So so obviously, Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, however you want to call him, Super Bowl MVP, 2018 NFL MVP. Uh, when you look at his stats in 2020, uh, fourth in the league in passing yards, 66.3% completion rate, which is his highest in his career, 36 touchdowns to six interceptions, the third highest QB rating in the NFL. So we're talking about the young star right now. Um, obviously, when we flip the sides here we talk about Tom Brady talking about somebody who could potentially be the best quarterback of all time but when you look at Patrick Mahomes talking about a guy who has performed at an extremely high level very early on already has that Super Bowl under his belt very impressive um, then you talk wide receivers and tight ends when you talk about that with the Chiefs, you're looking really at two guys. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver. This season, he's got 87 receptions for over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdown receptions. That's a career high. He's listed as a speed of 4.29. They call him the Cheetah because he is insanely fast. So fast, in fact, if you look at NFL Next Gen stats at this point during the league uh, play, he was listed as a max speed of 21.9 miles per hour. That's the fifth fastest in the league and just crazy fast. Um, the Chiefs have really been without their second wide receiver all season in Sammy Watkins. He's only played in five games because of a hamstring injury. He's now dealing with a calf injury. Uh, the, the guy who has stepped up in his place, Demarcus Robinson, could potentially be out for the Super Bowl because of a COVID uh, close contact. That is, uh, would be a huge negative. And then the next guy you think about when you think about wide receivers and tight ends with the Chiefs is obviously Travis Kelsey. Career high, 105 receiving yards. Career high, 1,416 uh, receiving yards. A record for tight ends. Career high, 11 touchdowns. And led all tight ends in touchdown receptions at six foot five, 260. He's running a 4.61. So that's what we're looking at when we talk personnel on offense, skill positions. Uh, Thomas, tell us a little bit about the Bucks secondary and their pass defense. Sure. So. Um 
DC Todd Bowles for uh, Tampa Bay. If anybody has knows anything about Todd Bowles, they they know one of his things is uh, he he loves to blitz. It's it's in his DNA, um, and it's it's kind of a perfect marriage with uh, with Bruce Arians being the head coach and being over the offense for the most part. Um, because they both like to take shots here. But one of the things that I think uh, you're going to see in this game is probably a lot of cover seven. Um, when, when Bowles likes to go cover seven, we're looking at a two deep with a man match. And the reason that they're going to want to do that here is Patrick Mahomes will murder you if you are in single high coverage. You have to have two deep. He will just pick you apart and will just his, – his, his skills, especially his legs, will just – kill you there and will pick you apart in the in the secondary as well so you're going to see a lot of that cover seven and I think the reason they're going to want to do this is because they've got to bracket Hill and Kelsey as much as they can you just talked about Kelsey and how explosive he is and how he can hurt you so much in and of himself so I think you're going to see a lot of that um, that too high coverage um, the rush de uh, excuse me the pass defense uh, for Tampa Bay 21st it's not fantastic, but I think Bowles does a great job of, of using or getting the most out of what he has on the field. Awesome, yeah. I, you know, so when we look at this, uh, we talked a little bit there. Um, I mentioned uh, Demarcus Robinson possibly out for uh, exposure to COVID. Sammy Watkins, I believe at this point, is still questionable if he's even questionable. So, yes, you have Tyreek Hill, who is unbelievable. You have Travis Kelsey, who is also unbelievable. The top two players at each of their positions, most likely. But, you know, you've got a good secondary in Tampa Bay. If we were thinking about this and we were trying to decide who would have the advantage here, Thomas, what are your thoughts? Who's got the advantage? You know, it's, it's, it's really tough to say here because Kelsey and Hill are just, I, I think those two right there alone can just take the top end off of a defense. So it's really going to be about shutting them down. I honestly would give the edge – I would definitely give the edge here to uh, Kelsey and Hill and Kansas City and Mahomes for sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I got to agree there. Um, if you watch the AFC Championship, the Bills really tried to play a lot of deep coverage, cover three, cover four, trying to keep uh, everything in front of them, so to speak, which is the old saying in defensive football. But the problem with doing that is when you let Tyreek Hill catch the ball in space, he may have caught it at five yards, but he's going to be at 30 yards before you know what to do. So that's going to be a matchup to watch. Um, you know, because obviously, like Thomas mentioned, and we'll get a little bit more into this, you can't really, I mean, you can, but if you blitz Patrick Mahomes, you're taking a risk. He's got legs. He can get outside of the pocket. We've all seen him make those crazy throws, the no-look throws, the different arm angles. He's, he's a backyard football, gunslinger type of guy, and so you, you, you almost don't rattle him. You, you let him get on the run. That's almost to his advantage. So we're going to take a look now at uh, the running game and, and the running backs um, and offensive line. We'll talk a little pass protection as well there for the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are looking to throw the ball. Like I said earlier, they had the third most, I believe, passes, pass attempts in the entire league this year. I mean, they, they want to throw it. They'll throw it on first down. They'll throw it on third and short. It does not matter to them. They want to throw the ball. Very air raid, spread, college spread mentality that I really – I uh, think so interesting that Andy Reid and others, but Andy really put that in there to, to do that. So at the running game, they had Clyde Edwards um, Harrell from LSU, the rookie this year. He has been hurt off and on, had about 800 yards rushing, four touchdowns this year, uh, helped him out in the running game. Daryl Williams has played a lot in the playoffs. 
Um, I believe Clyde's been banged up a little bit. And Le'Veon Bell, who came over from the Jets to the Chiefs, has helped here and there, but has been almost a non-factor. So, you know, the question is, is he healthy? Can he contribute? Uh, I, I don't even know if he's even eligible at this point for the game. He may have been declared out. So the running game is not their strong suit, other than Mahomes maybe, um, you know, running for rushing yards on his own, or of course Tyreek Hill taking a jet sweep or something like that. When you look at the, the offensive line talking about passing, they gave up the fifth lowest amount of sacks in the season. When you consider the fact that they were throwing the ball as much as they were, third most throws, Fifth lowest amount of sacks. That's a really good offensive line, but they've got some guys banged up. They're missing some top guys. That's going to be a problem, uh, I think. But, Thomas, tell us a little bit about that defensive line and pass rush and linebackers of the uh, Bucks defense. Yeah, so, you know, I really think that the pass rush from Tampa Bay is going to be huge in this game. Um, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Mahomes can hurt you so much with his legs. Uh, we know that, again, as I mentioned earlier, that Todd Bowles loves to blitz. But I think in, in this game, he's really going to have to rely so much more on his front four. And to be honest, their Tampa Bay's biggest advantage here is going to be against Kansas City's banged-up offensive line. I still don't think he's going to blitz as much because, again, Mahomes can hurt you so much with that. But he's got the front four between Shaq and Sue and the whole lot of them. They can get a lot of pressure, but they've got to maintain their gaps and have gap integrity because otherwise, again, it, it, I keep going back to Mahomes. He can hurt you so much with his legs. Uh, but I think that's, that's going to be the, the biggest key here is going to be that pass rush with that front four. You've got to keep those two high back so you can't bring a lot of extra pressure. I mean, this defense is sixth in sacks. So they get after quarterbacks. But this, this Patrick Mahomes is a different animal. Absolutely. Uh, he, he always is going to be dangerous running the ball, as well as throwing, obviously. So I, I feel like we could, I could say for both of us here, you know, we talked, we were a little shaky on if, who had the advantage in the quarterback wide receiver passing game of the Chiefs against that secondary and passing defense of the Bucks. But I feel like you almost have to give the advantage here to the Bucks. They, they, you know, they have a good defensive line. The uh, OL for the Chiefs, as I said, is banged up. I think the advantage here is with the Buccaneers. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I keep going back to the front four, and as long as they stay healthy the whole game, I think they're going to get a lot of pressure, and I think they're going to keep Mahomes on his heels. It's just a matter of whether or not they can keep him at negative yardage. Very good. I agree with that. All right, so we're going to switch sides of the coin here, so to speak, and we're going to look at the Bucks offense, um, obviously led by the legendary Tom Brady and the Chiefs defense. So, Thomas, uh, you know, I, we, we don't have a four-hour show, unfortunately, so we can't go through all of the things Brady has done in his career. But tell us a little bit about Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, what, what, can, you, what can you not say about Tom Brady? I mean, I, I think it's, it, it's so interesting this year. If you think about Brady and as much as he did at New England, I mean, did, did we ever think we would see him in another uniform? I, I don't think I did. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really interesting the move he made here because if you, if you look at it, Brady went to a 7-9 and nine team that was being held back by a quarterback who led the league in turnovers. And the, the Patriots, I think he knew that they were going into a rebuild year at this point due to very bad cap management. And, and also, he and Belichick had, had kind of, that marriage had run its course, I believe. Um, but statistically... I mean, Brady is, as most people like to say, the GOAT. And is he the GOAT? Maybe he will be if he wins this Sunday. But, 
you're, you're looking at so he goes he goes to to Tampa Bay, a team that that has talent. There's not a rebuild there, and and he's at his age where he doesn't want to go through a rebuild. He wants to go somewhere where there's talent in place. It's a perfect marriage with Bruce Arians and that risky mentality and wanting to take deep shots. And Brady wants to show that he can still do it, that he can do it with another cast of characters. He can do it without Belichick. So he takes the move to Tampa Bay, and he does it. He's thrown for... 4,633 yards this year. He's got a 66% completion rate, 40 touchdowns, 12 picks. Um, and it's interesting, the 12 picks, some people might say that's, that's high for Brady. But when you think about it, first of all, he's, he's learning a new system. But he's also, again, he's in that Bruce Arians mentality, taking shots. So, of course, he's going to throw more picks with those kind of shots. But we're talking about a guy who's got uh, six Super Bowl wins, um, four of those. Uh, he's been four four-time Super Bowl MVP. I don't really know what you cannot say about Brady. Uh, and he stepped into a, a really perfect situation here um, with his wide receivers and his tight ends. Of course, starting with the tight ends, I think everybody knew when Gronk retired at some point he was going to come back. I think he was just too young and too good. And of course, whenever his good buddy Brady made a move down to Tampa, Gronk's going to go with him. So, He's got Gronk there, a really good, strong tight end that he's got a lot of chemistry with, that he's played with forever. And then when you look at his wide receivers, Mike Evans, what can you say about Mike Evans? This guy is, uh, I've always liked Mike Evans going back to his A&M game, A&M day, excuse me, and he is a quarterback's dream. A big physical guy, loves to take shots, wants to go up and get the ball. Um, he's got over 1,000 yards this year, 13 touchdowns. And then if you couple him with Miller, smaller, shiftier. Miller's got over 500 yards and three TDs himself. It's just a really good combo for Brady to work with, and I think that's that's been a big key uh, to his success this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, when you look at the Chiefs uh, defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, second year in, in Kansas City. Um, interestingly enough, he was the defensive coordinator for the Giants when they – beat the undefeated Patriots with Tom Brady, of course, in Super Bowl 42, um, stopped that off offensive juggernaut that had set records uh, with Randy Moss and Tom Brady, and, and the list goes on and on. Um, he doesn't have those players on defense in Kansas City. Um, not a bad defense, but just doesn't have the Michael Strahan's of the world um, uh, out there with him. So when we look at the secondary, you've got some guys um, that Gamecocks and Tiger fans are going to be familiar with. Uh, uh, Breland from Clemson is out there at corner. He's got two picks this year. Um, you know, runs a, a sub 4-6, according to Wikipedia. So, you know, a good player at that nickel spot. You've got Faison, Rashawn Faison from Carolina, um, another guy with good speed. And really, um, you know, he's at that nickel spot. They run a, a 4-2-5 in a way. They are a traditional 4-3, but, you know, almost everybody nowadays is having to be almost a 4-2-5 because of the spread offense at both the college and the pro level. So you're going to see a lot of him out there. And, of course, you have um, Daniel Sorensen, who led the team in tackles this year. 
That's never a good sign, in my opinion, when your safety is leading the team in, sa- in tackles. You want your Mike linebacker, your strong side linebacker, leading the team in tackles. So that's not a great sign. And then you've got everybody's favorite, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, um, had six picks this year, ranked number 39 in the top 100 players by USA Today um, before the season started. So in this secondary, they have had some success. Sixth most interceptions as a team in the NFL. So really not bad. But total passing touchdowns given up. They're 22nd in the league. Sounds like they take some chances. Spignello is going to do that. You're going to see certain situations where he wants to bring seven, and he's going to try and pressure Brady. But he also knows Tom Brady is smart. Tom Brady, is you can't sit back and blitz him and think you're going to rattle him. You're not going to. So you're going to see him drop those guys back. Mike Evans over the top. Gronk can get deep as well. They're going to have to be concerned with about that. There's a great article today on ESPN.com from uh, Bill Barnwell, and he talked about the idea of sim pressure. What is sim pressure? Well, sim pressure is simulated pressure. It looks like you're bringing heat and you're dropping guys. You may even drop an extra guy. Why do that? Well, Tom Brady is very smart. He, if he sees that pressure coming, he'll adjust. He'll adjust the blocking scheme. He may even audible. But if you show him one thing and you can convince him it's coming and then do something opposite, you may be able to catch him. I will say, and we'll talk more about uh, their Week 12 matchup in a little bit, but in Week 12, the Bucks, or excuse me, the Chiefs picked off Tom Brady twice and won that game. So it is possible. So, Thomas, looking at those things, where do we see that – the advantage here is the Bucks on offense uh, throwing the ball, or the Chiefs on defense trying to defend the pass. I think you've got to give it to to the Bucks here throwing the ball because we're talking about Tom Brady here, and 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 you just mentioned it how smart he is. This is it, this is a different level quarterback you're dealing with. This is not, I mean, this is the NFL, but Tom Brady. We're talking about somebody who's seen every coverage in the book. He's seen every pressure, and he knows how to adjust to it. I agree with you. I do give the edge here. Like I said, they were able to get two picks on Brady. But like you said, uh, you know, I haven't gone back and watched game film on that. You know, he's taking shots downfield. Uh, the Bucks have that mentality of on third and long in a certain field position, hey, a long interception is as good as a punt. So let's just go ahead and chuck it down the field if we get in that situation. So that could really be a little misleading. I would give it to the Bucks there. Um, the other thing there to think about when we get switching closer to the rushing defense, but when you look at total sacks by the Chiefs defense this year, 19th in the league. So they haven't gotten to the quarterback all that much. I will say Brady did at times this year, even though he is one of the best, probably the GOAT. We'll talk about that more in another episode. Um, I might even bring in our buddy Sean Smith, a known Tom Brady apologist, um, to talk a little bit about that. But he did struggle early in the season with pressure. Um, but overall, of course, he is great. So moving on to the rush offense of the Bucks, Thomas, tell us a little bit about what they're trying to do, what they have on, uh, on the running game. So of course, uh, again, when you've got Tom Brady under center, you're you're typically not going to be a, a rush-heavy team, and um, and that's that's all true here. Um, the uh, Tampa Bay's run, rushing attack is led by uh, primarily Ronald Jones, who's got 192 rushes, 978 yards, and seven TDs. Um, he's backed up on the depth chart by Leonard Fournette, our good friend from LSU, uh, 501 yards three TDs, both of them are averaging around 14 to 15 yards a carry. But we're talking about a team here that is is 28th in rush yards per game. 
right around 94. So they're not lighting it up. I think for them, uh, for Tampa Bay, rushing the ball is kind of a means to an end when it's needed. Um, I will say that their, their run game is not super varied at all. It's a lot of inside zone and duo where they want to bring another wide receiver down, motion them in to kick out that extra defender in the box. Um, but what one interesting thing here is that uh, from a running game standpoint, Tampa Bay's offense, their, their best conversion rate, um, they've got a great conversion rate in short yardage runs this season. And it's interesting because when you compare that to Kansas City, they are terrible against short yardage runs. Um, obviously, that's only that's. I don't think that's going to be a big key part of the game here. Um, but of course, that that running game and that passing game that I mentioned earlier is uh, is backed up by a pretty stout offensive line here. Um, uh, I think you mentioned earlier that um, Kansas City was fifth in uh, lowest in sacks given yep, up, yep. and we've got Tampa Bay here at fourth. So we're talking about fairly equal as far as pass protection here goes from an offensive line standpoint. Um, but with Tampa Bay, we're still talking about a top five offensive line here. Absolutely. And for somebody like Brady, they really thrive when they've got good protection back there and they can break down defenses. Um, I believe Brady's been pressured about about a quarter of his dropbacks this year. Um, what What is really impressive this year is you don't see a lot of rookie offensive linemen in the league that just really just go to town. Um, rookie Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle, uh, has been rated the second best right tackle in the entire league by Pro Football Focus, which is just phenomenal for a rookie. I think you, as a former offensive line, Offensive linemen can attest to um, that's that's definitely uh, some big shoes to fill as a rookie. Absolutely, walking into the NFL, which I absolutely know nothing about as a high school offensive lineman, I can only imagine is unbelievably tough. Um, you know, you're playing at the highest level, and uh, to be a rookie and be rated that high is just crazy um, and, and really impressive. Um, you can hear a little bit more about uh, you know offensive and defensive line play in the NFL if you listen to episode two of the podcast with uh, Landon Cohen former uh, Patriot himself, and uh, a little bit of time on the Bills as well to go along with a few other teams. So, Thomas, I think, you know, when we look at this, the rush game, the rush defense of uh, the Chiefs versus the rush game of the Bucks. Um, I don't think this is either team's strong suit. We're not looking to run the ball a lot. We're not the Ravens here uh, with the Bucks, and we're not we're not doing a tremendous job of, of stopping the run. Nineteenth in the, as the Chiefs in uh, uh, attempts uh, yards attempted average, and twenty-first uh, in total rushing yards given up. Not great numbers for the Chiefs' defense. Um, so I think you got to give the Bucks the edge there. So when we look and you look over that. I think we got to say we're, we're looking for an offensive shootout. We're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, we're going to see some points. When you look at Vegas, um, is it in a gambling podcast, but those guys seem to know a lot about what they're talking about. The over-under is 56. They're looking for a pretty high-scoring game. Um, Bowen, I, I would expect we're going to see a lot of the ball in the air, a lot of passing. The game, uh, honestly, may drag on because we're not going to run the ball a lot. Incompletions lead to stopping the clock and all of that. We may, we may have a long night ahead of us. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And um, I, being, uh, as you know, I'm not a huge NFL guy, being a diehard college football fan, but I can't remember the last time I was I was this excited for a Super Bowl game, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, I think this game will be very exciting. I think it should be a shootout, and I hope it is. Quite frankly, um, and we get to see you know love him or hate him, 
I think this could be a big deciding factor of if Brady is the GOAT or not. But also, you got to love Patrick Mahomes and love watching that young guy play, and he could be getting another one here. So I think it's going to be a, a really fun game. Yeah, so talking about that, and let's talk a little bit. Uh, Super Bowl records, uh, USA Today had some of all of the records listed. Two stood out to me. Most receiving yards in a Super Bowl, Jerry Rice has that record at 215 yards. The reason that stands out to me is in this Week 12 matchup with uh, the Bucks and the Chiefs, Tariq Hill had 269 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Thomas, you think that, that record's in danger? I think it could be. Could be. Um, I just think this game is going to be so high scoring. I think you're going to see points from everybody. It's going to be all over the place. I agree with you. I, you know, I think the Super Bowl in uh, in general is obviously the game. It's the game everybody who ever wore a helmet and shoulder pads wants to get to. And everybody's playing every inch. Again, Landon Cohen mentioned in episode two that when he played in the Super Bowl, it was every inch. You were not giving up anything. Guys weren't taking a playoff. If you were going stretch away and you're on the backside of that on the line, you're blocking your tail off like it's play side. And so you're going to see every inch. I don't know that we're going to see 215 yards given up by the uh, Bucks uh, secondary there. So like I mentioned earlier, the over-under is 56. We've mentioned a lot. We're expecting a, a shootout. Um, the record for combined points in a Super Bowl is 75 points set by the 49ers and the Chargers in their Super Bowl in the 90s. Um, 75 points is a lot of points, Bowen. You think we see 75 between these two teams on Sunday? I don't, and, um, and I'm going to go against what I said earlier and what we've been talking about being uh, this game could be a boat race, but what if it's not? We, we could see the under hit here, and let me tell you why. Because we're looking at, that, yeah, there was a little bit of rain in the forecast, but we're looking at a lot of wind down there. Uh, the Bucks, while not a pro prolific running team, but they can run the ball well, and they've got the number one rush defense. Um, but the under, anytime. The, the over-under is 52-plus points for the last 20 years. The under has hit the vast majority of the time. So I think, I think it might not be as much of a shootout as we think it could be. I think you're right about that. I think one thing that we both agree on is that, at the very least, this is going to be one of the most competitive football games that we've seen in the Super Bowl in a while. Um, we're going to see a back and forth. Um, you know, obviously we look back at the Patriots and the Falcons a few years back where Brady led them back to that insane comeback. I don't think we're going to see anybody get way ahead. I think these guys are going to go punch for punch. I know that um, old played out saying of a heavyweight title fight, I feel like that's what we're going to see is we're going to see guys going out, score a touchdown, come back, score a touchdown, come back, score a touchdown. It's not, in my opinion, we're not going to see someone come out uh, way ahead. It's going to be interesting to the final minute. Everybody <clears throat> everybody, take your naps on Sunday so you're a little not tired on Monday when you stay up late to watch the end of this thing. Thomas, uh, you and I talked about this before we started recording. I don't know who to pick here, and and I I don't know that we can pick it. It's a it's a three now. I think it's three and a half minus three and a half for uh, the Chiefs. But at the same time, in the Super Bowl, that's a low spread. I, I just don't know if I can pick anybody. No, I'm with you. And, and and to be honest, like especially when the spread is is this low on the Super Bowl, it, it rarely. It really doesn't come into play a lot, but I'm looking at when you look at the the EPA strengths here, the expected points added. You know, Tampa Bay's strength. Is pass defense. Kansas City's is pass offense. Mm -hmm. I think it could be a slugfest in the passing game. This could be more of a grinded out game. We're going to see the under. And honestly, it could be who has the ball last. 
Very true. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening to us uh, today or wherever you are listening to us. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We're having fun doing this thing. We want to keep going. We want more people to hear about it. The more subscriptions we get, five-star ratings and reviews, the more we go up the charts and people see what we're doing and we can get this message out. Uh, We hope everybody has a great one. We'll see you again soon. Bowen, thanks for being here. Thanks. It was a blast.